Trek Companion. This is episode 272. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Star Trek Discovery's second season episodes, Project Daedalus and The Red Angel. Here we go. Project Daedalus Season 2, Episode 9, original release date, March 14th, 2019, directed by Jonathan Frakes, written by Michelle Paradise. Guest cast include Jane Brooke as Katrina Cornwell, Ethan Peck as Spock, Rachel Ancherill as Non, Hannah Cheeseman as Arium, Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer, Patrick Kwok-Chun as Reese, Oyen Oladehu as Joanne Owusikun, Ronnie Rowe Jr. as Bryce, Julianne Grossman as Discovery Computer, Arista Arheen as Young Michael Burnham, Allison Down as Psychiatrist, Tyler Hines as Stephen, and Tara Nicodema as Admiral Pitar. Starfleet Admiral Cornwell secretly boards Discovery to interrogate Spock and brings video footage depicting Spock murdering three doctors. Saru discovers that Section 31 faked the footage using holograms, and Cornwell directs Discovery to Section 31 headquarters, where Starfleet's control artificial intelligence is kept. Welcome to Section 31 headquarters. Are those mines? Blade mines. They'll slice the hole like cheese. This is your captain. Brace for a bumpy ride. What is that? What is Arium doing? Uh, all right, folks. So here's today, these two episodes we're going to be discussing. For me personally, and maybe you guys totally disagree, but this is the, <laughs> this is where they just lose me and I, and I don't like this show. But, you know, overall, I always say good things about the design of the show, the performances, the casting, the music is amazing. Everything's everything's just as good. It's just the writing and the story. It's always just the writing. It's always the writing. Um, this first season, the problems we had, we talked a lot about. The second season opened up strong. There were a couple of episodes I really liked. And I remembered that somewhere in the second season, it takes a nosedive going back to Similar issues to the first season, but almost worse. And I couldn't remember exactly where it was, uh, but here it is. <laughs> These two episodes. Steve, what are your first thoughts here? So I, I agree with kind of the general assessment of the season. There's that's uh, at the the beginning. There's a lot more to like than toward the end, and um, it's it's just kind of the way they they tackle what becomes like the major plot points and how they do it. And that's this whole notion of. Um, you know, control in section 31 and, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, information that discovery has when you know, all this kind of stuff that they have to, they have to deal with and becomes just very plot, plot, plot. And, and it's not particularly compelling. It feels like there's a lot of, um, rehashed ideas that are just thrown in and, and very little, um, real character development. Um, and this this particular one, I think, yeah, the first one is the one right where it seems like you have these kind of moments where I it turns into a soap opera with Tyler and all that. It feels like it just kind of all of a sudden they do this. It's like, man, this is silly. This is just really silly. I mean, we we have we've talked about the Tyler problems over and over again, but this one is just kind of like there he is. It's kind of like you just like look and he's in the corner and making eyes. I don't know. That's what it feels like. Where's the music? The violins or something? It's just so goofy thrown in the mix of it, and. It, it also the you know the, a lot of this feels so arbitrary and and uh maybe it's i'm i'm so used to you know we we grew up on trek that you know you had like a 
what now seems like a zillion episodes every season. And, you know, it's all sorts of time where you got to know characters and now it's, it's much less of that. So a minor character, they spend so much time on really and expect you to have such an emotional attachment to, and they, you know, kill her off. And then of course, in the next episode, they spend what feels like half the episode on her funeral or whatever. So um, it's, it's those kind of choices, you know, it makes you feel like they're just kind of like grasping at things to, to stir up. Um, I mean, I mean, there, there's good stuff. I like you said. I like the, the the casting and the the way the way the the way the, the actors do their job, and and it's great. I like some of the, you know, Spock is always great. Ethan Peck is Spock is, you know, um, um, Captain Pike. Uh, you know, um, all of these things we talked about these characters and how they're portrayed by the actors. It, it it's enjoyable and it's interesting. And sometimes there's these little nuggets for Trek fans that are fun, but. Um, like you said, uh, it just feels like the the writing isn't up to par. Like they can't really, they don't really know how to put together the story adequately. Essentially, I mean, what it comes down to, Adam, your first. Oh, thoughts? I loved it. I loved every second of the last two episodes. <laughs> like he was idiot, you know. Like <laughs> I'm watching him again right now. No, um, I I I agree. I think part of the problem with this, especially these two episodes, and, and we've we've talked about this before, is they. They get too busy with stuff. Um, it's just too much stuff that they try to cram into their, you know, 40, 45 minutes of programming. Um, and um, Stephen mentioned this a second ago, you know, Ariam's, um, you know, on the episode where she dies, that's where they decide to, like, you know, do a little bit of backstory on her. So you can maybe have a little bit of an emotional connection to her, but it's too late. It'd be kind of like... It'd be kind of like if they killed um, O'Brien in the second season of Next Gen and had this huge, massive funeral. We'd all be like, well, we liked O'Brien, but really, it was, you know. So I, I agree with you, and I guess we'll kind of get into no, that. No, I would have been like, no, I like that guy that I, I mean, I can't remember his name or anything. He's not that <laughs> significant, but. <laughs> but yeah, you know what, I'm, the, the point I'm making, you know, I don't think, you know, up until this point, you know, none of us had a problem with Arians. Um, you know, it was a different character. She's kind of cybernetic. Um, you know, we get this quick little glossy, you know, this quick, you know, five second explanation of how she got to where she was. I mean, these are things that they, if they knew they were going to do this in the middle of the season, they could have started setting it up much earlier in the season. All, all it takes is a, you know, a two minute scene with Ariam, you know, like, Oh, this is where I'm from or this, yeah. you know, that, and just doing, just cramming it all into one right. episode and expecting the audience right. to be, um, expecting the audience to feel the same way as the crew. And now when I, when I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, yeah, they, they would be upset. They, they're cause we don't see everything, you know, you know, presumably as in this fantasy world, they have all these lives and they spend a lot more time together. So of course they would be very close to any crew member that's, that's on the bridge, especially. Um, and so, like I said, I, I'm watching these episodes. I probably don't have as much hatred for, as you do, Brian, but I, I did see, you know, I kind of feel like we, we, we're, we're back into the same problems that we had towards the end of season one and, and a couple times here in season two where they just try to cram so many things into an episode and expect the audience to, you know, just kind of go along with it. And I think Ariam's a prime example of that. Um, Tyler, I mean, I, I don't want to go into it too much anymore. I, I feel bad. I Just for those of you out there listening, I have nothing against the actor. I, I think he does a good job with what he's given but to go back to your point brian it's the writing the writing's terrible um for him it's absolutely terrible for him i'm like um i'm sure i mean i'm sure i don't know if there's an interview out there with him or i'm sure if you got him alone and talked to him about it he'd be ex upset about like 
how they chose to write this character because it kind of left him nowhere to go. And so here we are back again. And are they going to, they kind of rekindle a little bit of a, a love thing where they, they kiss and it's like, you know, where are we going with this? Um, that's in the next one, but yeah. Is it, but yeah, that's, but that, that's another problem we've run into. It's like, it's almost like the episodes kind of jumble together and it's like, there's been numerous times when we've, when we've been sitting here and I'm like, was that, am I thinking of the right episode? <laughs> so this episode, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to say the same things you guys have said. Like one of the things this episode does and the next one, there's all this like just gossipy bull S, which ours is a cleanup podcast. So, I, you know what I mean? I mean it's just like the beginning Cornwall, Cornwell arrives and it's just mumbo jumbo about control and AI and section 31. And we need to, there's a very long scene just, and I don't know what the hell she's talking about. I don't yeah, understand. And at the end of it, she says, so we need to go there and arrest somebody. <laughs> Why? I don't understand. But regardless, it's when you think about it's the entire conversation, it's just internal silly Federation politics or something? I don't know. It's not – it's a far cry from uh, – to, to, to seek out new life and new life forms, right? It's it's what you were saying earlier, Steve. Like there, there, was, there was a thing that we defined as Star Trek, and this like soap opera – Bull S is not it. And I don't care. And I hate it. I don't watch reality shows. I don't watch soap opera. I watch Star Trek. And this isn't that. And the next episode is almost worse. Because it's even harder to follow what's going on. I don't understand. Now, maybe you guys can explain it to me. What the hell is she? What What is she saying? Why do we have to go to Section 31 and arrest somebody? What hell, How is this helping? So, so, Brian, I think on paper, I mean... I like the idea of, you know, AI, artificial control, that kind of has relevance. In Even our that, but when the, I start the, to feel like I was understanding it. No, oh, no, it's a future AI. Oh, God. That's um, the next so, episode. So the problem, yeah, they, it's back to your original sentence in there. It's just bad writing. It's like they, this wasn't a bad idea to kind of have a um, computer. You know, we've seen it in Star Trek numerous times, you know, where there's a computer that runs amok and artificial intelligence. That question is an important question, not only societally, but it's, it's, you know, almost classic um, science fiction. So that wasn't the idea or the premise of a, is, but the execution is awful. But even that, if that would have been the enterprise encountering some, you know, planet where a computer is instructing them to uh, kill people because it's determined that's how many people would have died in a war or something, you know, we're going on, we're going on this mission that, I mean, that's, and and we're talking, this is the other planet and that's the Star Trek. This one, we're just trying to do it all like inside of the human civilization and the Federation. Now, I'm not necessarily opposed to, say, say Admiral Cornwell standing in the back of the bridge saying, you want to stop being an a-hole so, and, and let's carry on with the mission or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, clearly that was not the kind of drama we would have ever seen on any bridge prior to modern, this, this modern Star Trek. But even if I, can, I, I could just accept that that's that's the only way they know how to make Star Trek. And I understand that's a heck of a lot easier than the almost stunted emotional state of say a next gen. I get that. I get that writers don't really want to do that. And maybe actors don't want to play that. Fine, fine, fine. Even if I accept that, it still feels like this is just internal gossipy reality show soap opera crap that I'm never going to care about ever, ever, ever. And I wasn't kidding earlier. Can either one of you explain to me what our purpose was? What, what we were we going to section 31 for? Why did we go to the Section 31 headquarters? So, you know, I was talking about Arian, how they didn't set her up at all during the season to kind of have have the audience have an emotional experience of this. 
The same things for control. I don't I don't remember hearing anything about control or any kind of setup for this until the episode and they try to fit it all into one episode when they could have been There was like a word in the last couple or something, you know, but it's been very, very little. But no, you're right. I totally and we're gonna talk about Arium a little bit more too. I remember when I was in the army we had a thing called the six Ps. Prior planning prevents piss poor performance. You know, there is no sense whatsoever that this that this Arium stuff was planned. Steve, you look like you were gonna answer my question. Well, Explain was- to me. I was kind of pondering and I was trying to remember because I, f- I had this feeling of, I knew it she at said, one we point. we need to go there to arrest somebody for yeah, some reason. Yeah, so so it, that it, other admiral, the, the Vulcan admiral, right? This, this, yeah, the, the, it had something, yeah. So essentially something like, and again, I think I, I understood it better for about five minutes at some point in the middle of this episode, then I lost it all again, but uh, memory serves. Essentially this control for some period of time, what they called control was a resource they use to help them make decisions. And at some point, someone decided we're going to turn over decision control to control. And that wasn't pleasant. And no one liked that idea, except whoever they want to ultimately arrest who ends up dead or whatever. And so they said, well, we need to go get that guy because so-and-so in the Admiralty changed the whole makeup of why we use control some something How is like that, that something we're going to go arrest somebody for i don't yeah, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't seem like if someone's figured that out they, suddenly fix the situation right, and why is that right. the trip to headquarters and at best, at best it's naive right because i mean if this guy is doing this and now he's off somewhere and has his little and it has it has section 31 under his thumb and knows how to use this to do what he does and there's a future ai to say you're going to go arrest him is ludicrous it, 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 either you're naive or you that's a euphemism for we're going to go blow him up i, I don't know what it is but it's we're, it's, we're it's go like arrest him because he he he's he's changed the standard operating procedure where decisions were made between consultation between control and humans and now it's just control Right. I mean, that's, it's kind of like that's that's we're going we're gonna to go there and fight our way through other humans and, and the minefields and enter Section 31 headquarters and arrest a member of the Federation, a member of Starfleet. Mm-hmm. I think it's like it's like, the D- yeah, I think it's kind of like if the DOJ decided they were going to go arrest Mitch McConnell for misusing the filibuster. That's that's how I kind of interpreted what they're doing. And, and on, on, on top of everything else, the DOJ is actually a felon itself because that's where Discovery is at this moment. They're kind of a rogue, <laughs> oh, you know, sure. sh- ship. Um, that's, right, that's, right, 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 right. You know, okay. they're, they're harboring um, fugitives, um, you know, Lieutenant Spock. So that's, that even makes it more a little bit more ridiculous. I'm going to talk more about the soap opera stuff in the next episode, although it's going to be the same conversation, but, but I think it's even worse in the next episode. But it's not just like a couple of scenes. It's like when you step back and look at the big picture, the entire bloody episode, the, all the stories going on here is that. The next episode, I'm going to be even more upset about because the next episode commits a, 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 a worse atrocity because it has more to do with the entire season. But you guys both brought up the Arium thing. And I, I felt that way the first time I saw this episode. I literally remember thinking, my God, they're, they're being so dramatic about this. There's the whole scene when she's supposed to burn him, supposed to open the door. I mean, half of that, fine, maybe, maybe. But I literally could not tell you that character's name. They just they just slipped in this beachy memory stuff at the beginning of this episode. That is not enough to make us care or know this this character. You're right, Adam, that of course these people, these people would have had that relationship, but it doesn't work that way. Of course it doesn't work that way. And they know it doesn't work that way to us, the audience. They would have had to have set it up before. So this is entirely like... It just accentuates the soap opera aspect of it. 
I just, I don't, it's stupid. It's really dumb. There's more for Arium between the end of this episode and the beginning of the next one than we got when Tasha Yar was killed. Mm -hmm. Way more. I thought, I I remember thinking the first time that that kind of rare feeling with Trek where I feel like, I screwed up and missed an episode. I felt like <laughs> I, I screwed up and missed something. I forgot to watch one week when they, you know, you know covered this up. or something. Yeah, the, the yeah. episode where they had the whole flashback about her history. Yeah, yeah, I missed <laughs> that, crash. I guess. <laughs> I, I'm not exaggerating, but I, I mean, if, if there had been like multiple choice, I think I could have picked Arium, but I could not have said her name. I could not have pulled her name out of a hat, out of my brain before, the, before today. Yeah. And what's sad about it is she's an interesting character. She she should have been. She, she should have been. been. You know, yeah. you know the the little crumbs that they mm-hmm. threw at us in um, this episode is yeah. a very fascinating character. You know, somebody who went through, I guess, a, a shuttle crash. I guess is that how she got injured? Her her husband died. That's the implication. Her, yeah. They that in five seconds at some point. Yeah, in the and they of, had you know. to rebuild her. You know, yeah. so so I mean, you know, they could almost what you know. They could even, you know, if they really wanted to, you know, throw some fan but it's so like, meat out there, they could have brought they could have brought in a Soong that worked on her. Like, or it, they could have it, had to really back up. The end credits had no music. Like it was this incredibly dramatic moment. Oh my god, they killed who what was her name again? <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> they knew everyone would be crying so loud they would miss the right, music, and so yeah. it's pointless. Like we're not gonna try to play music. I mean, I've seen shows do that when they've killed like you know, right, right. Some characters have been on the show for five years that you put a dedication at the end and stuff. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the doctor didn't get a good as good a funeral on the last episode. Totally. Last season. Yeah, it's silly. Yeah, so I'm gonna complain more about that because it deserves it at the beginning of the next episode. But th- maybe there are a couple of things in this episode that I don't. You know, I like some of the Spock stuff, like like you guys said. You know, Ethan Peck is great, actually. He's like Spock, but there's there's something new. He's bringing something new to it, and that's justified given his age. It's a different than thing than we've really Younger. seen much of Spock. So you can do that, and and I think if you're going to bring him on the character on, then you need to do that. Otherwise, why bring him on? Well, the chess scene was good. I think that they that well, yeah, the chess scene is good because like from a writing, here's some positive writing coming. It doesn't just end in some magical solution, you know. It's not what you expect, and so I, I kind of like that. Actually, I like I like the interaction between Stamets and Spock. There's that scene when he's helping him fix the power or whatever, and their interaction I like a lot. They have really good; they play off each other really well. I thought of one other thing that's annoying since we need more of that is <laughs> uh, is the security officer nom or whatever is like suspicious of something's up with Arium, like for the bulk of the episode and never tells anybody. I mean, like she doesn't do anything. She ends up the one ejecting her out, I guess, which they don't really show very obviously at the end, but she's the one that ejects her out, you know, when, when uh, Burnham's talking to her. But I mean, you know, it's one of those things that the stuff you shouldn't think about if it's a good episode, like why isn't Nam reporting this? You know, like I have suspicions that Arium has been taken over by an alien influence and yet I'm just going to kind of like stand in the shadows and lurk around at her. You what know, was the point of showing her in all those scenes? It makes her look like a, I mean, I don't get it. I don't yeah, What was the yeah. point. She said nothing. She took no action. There are two um, like little structural things at the end that I was kind of like, this doesn't make... Well, first off, when she lost her air-breathing thing, you know... She sure looks like she dies. Yeah, but... No, no, no. Yeah, why didn't she just put her automatic put her helmet, helmet on? on? You assume that her helmet, like, why would her spacesuit give her oxygen if that's not her naturally <laughs> really thing? Like, you assume it must have the other. Right, that was my first thought, too. I'm like, right. is this... Are they so dumb that they only make spacesuits that provide literal oxygen even to characters that have to so she still has to wear her thingy inside her space suit what yeah 
and, and you know, and it's the Iron Man helmet that just kind of just automatically yeah. goes off. So it's not like they got um, and the second thing is like when Arium at the end, I'm like when they ejected her, why couldn't they just beam her back to the ship immediately? It's like hmm. they beamed them over there. <laughs> so those, I mean, those are two weird things, but it just kind of bothered me. And I'm like, because you're saying, you know, they're creating all this high drama and they're not giving yeah. good reason for it. And um, these are, you know, when and when things are bad, you kind of nitpick at all the little yep. things. And yeah, that's, we've talked and, about and, that before. Yeah. And and I'm yeah, I'm nitpicking this. I'm like, well, first off, she didn't have to suffocate because she had a spacesuit. And two, they could have just beamed her out of there. And if, for some reason, they couldn't beam her out of there when she was in the whatever the space mm-hmm. station. They definitely could have beamed her out like once she was ejected out into space. Um, why did they have to let her die? So that's, that's that was kind of just weird to me. What is this episode about? Well, I think what they were trying to go for, which they failed miserably at, is like artificial intelligence. I mean, you know, should that have control over human life or should that not have control? Over, how much control should computers or artificial intelligence have in human society and control? Like I said, I think that's what they were going for. I'm just kind of pulling at straws. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have. I think in this case, it's hard to even guess what they were going for because I would have shot more for the, um, you know, sacrifice of people and overcoming adversity to, you know, stick to your ideals or blah, 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 you know, um, both from what them kind of becoming rebels on discovery in a sense and fighting against the the structure of what's going on and, be, you know, and also Arium fighting against those controlling her, but I don't know, you know, they, that there's so much fluff that it's, you know, I don't even know if that's what they were trying to do or if they're trying to do anything for sure. All right, let's put this one out of its misery. Uh, Steve. (laughs) Yep. Jane Brooke plays Admiral Katrina Cornwell. In how many episodes of discovery did she play Cornwell? Was it six, nine or 12? Nine. No, it was 12. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't a very fair question. I mean, I tried, and I spaced it out three instead of two. Yeah, I thought 12 was kind of high, too, because what? It's like, but if I, if I said 12, 15, or 18, you would have picked 12, right? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, moving cool. on. Sorry. The Red Angel, Season 2, Episode 10. Original release date, March 21st, 2019. Directed by Hanel M. Culpepper. Written by Chris Silvestri and Anthony Marinville. Guest cast include Jane Brooke as Katrina Cornwell, Ethan Peck as Spock, Alan Van Sprang as Leland, Sonia San as Gabriel Burnham, Rachel Ancherell as Nan, Hannah Cheeseman as Arium, Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer, Patrick Kwok-Chun as Reese, Oyan Oladehu as Joanne Oshakun, Ronnie Rowe Jr. as Bryce, Sarah Midditch as Nilsson, and Jason Anthony as Control Computer. While preparing for Arium's funeral, her system is purged of the control virus along with all other control systems around Starfleet. While doing this, Tilly discovers a bioneural scan of the Red Angel in Arium's code that matches Burnham. Captain Leland reveals that Section 31 built the Red Angel time travel suit 20 years ago in a temporal arms race with the Klingons, and that Burnham's parents had been part of that program. There are so many reasons to join Starfleet. We get to reach for the stars. To reach for the best in ourselves. The 
get to reach for each other. In 10 plus years of doing this podcast, I've never just read a block of my notes before. I'm going to do that now. And this isn't, it's not as bad as that. Here we go. Again, emotional area opening. I literally couldn't tell you her name prior to these episodes. Holy God, all caps, Saru sings a song. Huge shot of crew and torpedo leaving. I don't know her. Stop this. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. It felt like a good five or ten minutes. It did. I think that's because it was. I think it was the longest funeral we've ever seen in Star Trek history. Future AI infected control and Arium and all overly complicated. Michael, the Red Angel is you. We have to capture her because the future AI could come with her. I don't bloody understand today's episodes are the moment I massively dislike season two. Ugh, this does not provide this. I'm talking about the whole scene where Leland explains with the the red angel suit and the Klingons and the whatever. This does not provide a satisfactory answer to anything. Ugh, Rick says her parents. Feels like soap opera TV. God, this is not what I want from Star Trek. <laughs> great score as always. Russo is super great. Mom? Question mark. So <laughs> that's just the highlights of some of my notes. But yeah, you get the idea. So yeah, we're going to open with some more Arium stuff. And I mean, they, they had like, do you know how much it cost them to shoot that? The most expensive thing are actual human beings. Those were like different people. That was like a huge crew that they shot, right? On the, on the hangar set. Yeah. That, that was an expensive day. That's probably like a trivia, like the most expensive funeral in Star Trek ever, you know? It's like, and, and everyone's guessing, like, you'll never get this one. <laughs> oh, I had Spock, right? Nope. And then you get the answer in like, no. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. That's, you're right. Yes. That scene at the end of Star Trek 2, there's more people here than there were there. Yeah. All, all Kirk got was a few rocks and you know Picard, you know, Picard putting the, the band <laughs> on the rock. Right, yeah. right. Oh my god. Yeah, and, and I mean it was almost comical. Saru starts singing a song. I'm like, I don't know who this girl is. I don't care. This is so silly. But they have to know that I feel that way. That's what makes it stupid. That's what makes it bad writing. How did not one of like five hundred people raise their hand and say is this necessary? Is this a little more dramatic considering they don't really know this character? We have this character hasn't said more than five seconds of dialogue in two years on the show. I mean, maybe this is a bit much. Nobody ever said that. Nobody raised any objection. It was a tribute to the red shirts, maybe. <laughs> that reeks of a toxic work environment in the writer's room. <laughs> <laughs> That'll come out. Chapter four of <laughs> Discovery Chronicles, Arium's death, you know. And I haven't read, I, I don't know, I didn't read like critiques of this. Or, you know, I, I almost kind of try not to do that sort of thing because of our podcast. I want to keep, I want to stay objective. But I remember feeling this way the first time I saw these episodes. And it seems like you both agreed about this Arium nonsense. It's just, I just, I, it's hard for me to imagine how anybody watches this and is like crying right alongside the crew. Like, God, I miss Arium already. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Remember all those times she walked onto the bridge? Yeah. I would like, I would like to see a montage of Arium. You know, during that. <laughs> well, here's a better question. Can any of the three of us tell you what she actually did on the bridge? I know that only because of research I did to ask questions today. <laughs> what, did, what was her? Her station was supposed to be the spore control station, even though all we saw her doing was like trying to decode the encrypted message or something but that station is supposed to control the spore drive somehow all right 
But I did not know that until today, <laughs> until I was reading about it. So she's kind of like the bridge liaison to the sport drive? Yeah, I guess. Um, I almost wonder if any of the secondary characters whose names I've read, you know, in the covering this season, if any of them would have died, it would have been better, you know, and more interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, cause, I don't know, just because because they... Detmer and... Yeah, sure. Olaway. What's her name? Olaway. It's, it's like Oshakun or something, how they pronounce her last name. Right, but, right. Okay. Oshakun, and and he calls her, Pike calls her Oway. Yeah. Right? The ones we actually seen do things, yeah. you know, in episodes. And, and at least Detmer, things. you know, she would, she goes all the way back. I mean, I don't want to see her go, but I mean, she goes all the way back right. to the pilot, you know, before mm-hmm. she had her yep. cybernetics and stuff from the attack. Yeah. That would have had, I still, this still, I still would be complaining that it was way too much, but it, I wouldn't complain nearly as much. It wouldn't be as obviously nonsensical and seems like a joke when Saru starts right. singing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I really if i hadn't been so angry i would have laughed it's it's absurd it's absurd that's the word i'm looking for it's absurd so to your point brian they could have that money could have been better spent elsewhere <laughs> what what are your other first thoughts here adam so yeah we're, we're this you know these two episodes really kind of interconnect with each other they kind of jump right in you know obviously arium you know she died in the last episode and we have her you know funeral and in this episode, first- she has a funeral. I didn't notice. <laughs> she has a she has a, she has a brief funeral in the beginning, and you know we, we all mourn her. Um, and then we kind of get into it. We get into you know Leland and Section Thirty One are are back on the ship. Everybody's friends. Tyler has been exonerated. And he's back into the fold now, and um, you know Spock is no longer a fugitive. So all those little storylines that we've had going on, chasing Spock, he's murdered people. Those are all. Those have all been you know. All t- you know, all finished up. So now, we, now we go into the next phase of this, where um, Leland, you know, you know, reveals to um, Burnham that you know he he knew her parents. They worked for him, and they were developing a a time suit that seems to be more technologically advanced than anything that we've ever seen in Star Trek, and yet it's created in this early on part of um, Star Trek's timeline. So that kind of bothered me a little bit. All right, okay, they created this time suit. But, you know, it didn't bother me, you know, like, you know, okay, Leland, he has had a hand in this and, you know. Amazing story about the mysterious time crystal, how aptly named. You know, if only they'd realized, hey, I bet, don't don't we have a time crystal? Because I bet we could use that for time travel. Of course. They had to get it it from Thanos, right? Because, right. (laughs) It's lucky that it was named time crystal. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been obvious that that was, in fact, its purpose. So that was luck. That was good. Um, yeah, that's. I, I when I saw that, I'm like, that's just lazy writing. Um, a time crystal. Okay. Um, you know, I, like I said, were they watching? Were these guys spending too much time watching Avengers movies? And like, well, we could just, you know, use that in our show. Time crystal. So yeah, and you know, Burnham punches, um, you know, Leland, and you know, so from that we do get a good scene. Like I think we can all, like I said, we all we're all positive about Peck and his portrayal about Spock. We get another nice scene. Between him and Burnham, the way yeah, she's I, working out, yeah, this is a good scene. I like that scene a yeah, lot. Yeah, they're great together. And um, and for those of you listening to today's podcast and you've been with us for a number for a number of years, it's like, yeah, we're we're hard on. I'm going to emphasize this: we're we're hard on the writers for the for these episodes. Um, I don't have the, the actors. You know, they can only do so much with what they're given. You know, and they're they're employees. They got producers and directors. Okay, this is the script. You got to go with it. Um. It wouldn't surprise me to learn that 
some of them weren't happy with this, but hey, it's a, it's a job, it's a paycheck. Um, and I think with what they have, they do a good job. And so we get these, it's funny, you know, we, we bitch and moan about these last couple of episodes, but there are like some bright spots in them. And it's when you have these scenes, um, you know, in, in the last episode, you had the scene with Spock and um, Burnham, you know, playing chess. And it was a very aggressive, um, emotionally anger scene. And this is kind of the bookend of that where, if, and if nothing else came from um, Arium's death, I think Spock kind of got a better understanding of who Burnham is and what kind of person she is because, you know, she fought so hard for Arium to live. And I think that cracked Spock a little bit to kind of letting Burnham back into his life. And I think that we see that in that unboxing um, scene. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like it, like it often is, there's, there's so many missed opportunities, you know, they, 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 they have this odd thing when they go down to the planet and strap her into the seat and do this whole rigmarole. And I mean, I get in a very loose way, the logic of what they're, what they're trying to do, but it, it obviously raises all sorts of questions that we all have when we watch time travel stuff in terms of why does it get to a certain point if someone's actually, you know, I, my wife and I spoke of this afterwards, you know, trying to do the mental gymnastics involved with what's going on. And, and I basically said, well, you know, uh, Burnham's mom is sitting on a rock somewhere in the future. And then she reads the paper one day and decides, mm-hmm. oh, my daughter died in a chair in a place. And so I'm going to keep it from happening. Well, why don't you go back farther so they never put her in the chair, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you think of this stuff because it's also ludicrous. But then the, the, the biggest thing that's, that's problematic, I feel, with that is is what they do with Spock and that they have him, you know, He's doing something that, on one hand, if they would have built it up better, it makes it seem like they have a, a solid bond, right? I mean, they're trying to make it where he's the one standing up saying, we're going to go all the way with this because I'm siding with my sister and we're, you know, you're not going to cut this short and we're going to get this done because we're together doing this thing. But you don't quite buy it. Instead, you're, to me, you're questioning why, why did we get here? Why, 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 this, why is this ludicrous situation going on? And Spock involved in it too. I mean, yeah. If you really, here's where it gets kind of sketchy, scary to me is when you when you say Spock, our Spock, the Spock, our Spock is involved in this crazy thing going on down there. You know, that's what is troublesome to me. If you otherwise, you can kind of dismiss it, but he's just in the mix of it, right? You wrap it up. Leland gets his eyes poked, and so he's <laughs> possessed now. And we move on to the you know final act of the season or whatever, but. It's very plot, 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 plot. They're trying to make some kind of sense out of this weird stuff and, and find some excuse to go on with it. You know, I mean, is it are, like every time they're saying every time the Red Angel ar- appears, some future AI tries to piggyback to come back in time or something? I don't. I what, guess, or at least that there's the potential potential for it. Maybe that's what they're concerned with. I mean, it it, it does. It that's the case. Why are we? Why are we going to? Why are we? I, <laughs> Why are we making the Red Angel come and giving the AI another opportunity? I, right. It's like why, they, they want to nip it in the bud somehow or assume they have the power to do that. But we're acting like right? the, the Red Angel, the, at this point, we think is Michael Burnham, is malevolent. Like it's there's something bad about it. Doesn't it seem like it's only been helpful and yet we're going to try and capture it? I mean, I, I don't understand Yeah. what the problem is and why we have to capture the Red Angel. And if they're using kind of the, you know, back to the future version of time travel versus the, uh, 
you know, multi-parallel dimension kind of version of time travel, then Michael already knows it's a bad idea to keep coming back. So why don't we just say, hey, don't do this anymore or something. <laughs> I don't know, versus a convoluted plan to, you know, keep her from doing this to herself or whatever it is. I, I really don't, I mean, you guys don't understand either. Because, I mean, I, I'd really like to know. So I'd like that explained. I'm still kind of con- confused on, like, what control, because you know, we had that episode a few, that the the episode a few back where Tyler and um, Pike are in that temporal thing and their their probe becomes this yeah, no, that's menacing machine. Future so, AI, like we control, we created it. I, I just, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't. I don't know. Did that was did something in the future change that probe to be crazy, or did that probe just evolve over time? It's confusing. And I, you know, they went through that so quick that I didn't even understand what that temporal thing was that there they were exploring and now it's kind of a main part of thing that they're afraid that things are going to come through it it's not very well it's 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 called what it is it's crap writing i'm not sure which is a greater force my frustration that i don't understand or how much i just don't care yeah because what is what is control i mean in in in, to your point steve i'm like you know they they've got conflicting um they kind of have conflict, conflicting, you know, time theories on how time works. So if control is already in the future, you can't really, how do you change that? I mean, uh, it's, it's just kind of weird and convoluted, um, you know, how they, how they got this going. Mm-hmm. And this all kind of comes back to what I complained about in my notes. You know, it's just like when I, when I joke about it not caring, I mean, it's not a joke because it's real, <laughs> but it's because the, this is not what I, I don't watch the shows like that. I don't watch soap opera crap. I don't, I just, I don't have an interest in that more power to some, for other people, for people that love those shows. Great. You've got them. That's never been what Star Trek is. And I don't want to watch that. I don't want, if that's what Star Trek is going to be, then I'm not going to watch Star Trek. You know, it's just like, that's, it's the opposite of what I'm interested in. So what episode are we on? This is episode eight. There's Ten. four episodes left in the season. We've got two more so, podcasts. So it kind of seems like we're on the direction of what happened in the first season, where we get yep. about two thirds through this. We get to about two thirds through the season, and it seems like the writers are completely lost on where they want to go and how they want to do. This. When I said that this episode actually angers me more than the previous episode, it's because. It's because this one is referencing all the episodes that have come before. This one is trying to give you the answer to the Red Angel, and it's the opposite of satisfying. It, it feels like they don't even understand it. I lit, I'm not exaggerating. I literally rewound the scene and played it twice where Leland is explaining everything to them. You know, And it's like, I still don't understand why we have to capture her. I don't understand. It's just as pointless as the previous episode mm-hmm. where, like, why are we going to Section 31 headquarters? But here, my complaint is... This means I don't understand the whole bloody season. I don't understand the point of anything. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the entire seasonal arc for this sh- dang, dang season two of Star Trek Discovery. So that makes this one much worse than the previous episode because <laughs> this this one stretches back. Well, you know, you you always you always take a risk in making something complex, right? In a sense, it, you know, because 
there's first off, someone's not going to understand it, right? So let I mean, let's even give them the benefit of the doubt of that some some group of the writers understand that or they can draw this out, and there's what it is, and maybe on a basic level we could sketch that out and make an excuse. But the the the, the, the crux of it is that that's not the point, right? It's it's less about um, it's it's not so much that okay, so someone is gossipy or caring about someone else, and I mean, I, I I'm also turned off by soap opera kind of stuff. But the bigger the bigger to me the bigger problem is when you are just puzzling through the uh, like the whys and the hows and all that and you feel nothing you know it's it's got to be that whatever that whatever it is it's got to be done in some fashion that it, you know you can have a pretty simple a to b to b to c or whatever and if you do it the right way you do it and you do it in a way that makes you feel something you care something because it's about people's motivations and humans and what we do and why we do it and all this kind of stuff but there's so much nonsense here that just trying to explain it uh takes too much time where you get none of that back you know we don't worry we haven't talked we've talked almost nothing about uh character interactions and how it makes us feel like you know one little segment on each of these episodes and that's basically the that's where they someone needs to nip it when they're when they're writing this stuff and say like wait a minute you know what we're really in the weeds about making this connect even for ourselves so we need to just remove some of this you know something's wrong here you know and they don't they didn't yeah i I, i'm with you brian i'm i'm kind of really confused this episode probably confused me more than any other because so you have Burnham, you know, and she's very upset. She wants to be involved in all this. But at the same time, if you're thinking, thinking logically about any time movie or story you've ever seen, like, why would they want her to know how they're going to capture her? Because then she would know it just didn't make sense to me. Why wouldn't she understand that? And I think it kind of goes back to the whole point is like, I don't really understand what's going on in this episode or why they're doing the things that they're doing. And it seems like they don't either. Um, and then her mom shows up at the end. So, okay, there we have that. We have something to kind of lead us into the next episode that it's her mom on, on top of everything else. I'm like, why did they have to go through the whole dramatic thing of putting her in this warehouse and opening this thing? And she has to suffocate with this crazy, weird air atmosphere. I'm like, couldn't they just injected her with something that would, you know, you know, painful, painlessly kill her. <laughs> wouldn't that serve the same purpose i didn't yeah i just didn't get it i love loving star trek as much as i hate hating star trek i don't want to hate star trek i don't ever want to feel this way it just frustrates the heck out of me when i do what is this episode about i think um i think there's a theme of sacrifice in this episode um coming you know stemming through from the last episode where steve mentioned you know burnham's real willing to you know yeah, obviously, at the beginning of the episode, Arium sacrificing, you know, dying and sacrificing. There's that kind of theme early on, early on in the episode. Um, and then Burnham, towards the end, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this crazy mission that could kill me just so we can, um, you know, talk to the Red Angel, who is presumably her. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I had from it. I don't know. I think it's kind of the same story. We we definitely can make up what we think they're trying to express but in both of these we you know we just not we're not we're not feeling it we're not getting a good you know vibe that's making us feel like there's some kind of message or something that's being brought through or some kind of truth that's being told it's just working through you know convoluted plot elements and whatnot so you know what do you say about that 
obviously, you know, you got some other things, you know, childhood trauma, obviously Vernon still has sure. to deal with that, that childhood trauma. I mean, you know, that kind of came through in the last episode with Spock, you know, he's got plenty of childhood trauma. Um, I, I mean, those so, are some I mean, themes yeah. there that they could have, ba- those are some themes on there that they could have really played off well. Nuggets and, they could have focused on versus the others. Yeah. Just other, the other craziness. It's about funerals, Brian. It's right. about really good, really nice, tasteful, expensive funerals. What's your favorite memory of Arium? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> older, an older one prior to like these two episodes. Well, it, it, for me, it was season one, episode six, when she was in the mess hall <laughs> in the background. It looked like she was um, eating, start, yeah, eating, <laughs> eating something. I think that's sure. That's my yeah, that was memory. a sweet moment. She was she was always so fun that way. <laughs> a technical note: Did you guys notice like some of the dialogue recordings seemed kind of seemed kind of bad? I I, I remember thinking it when I first saw, the first time I saw it, but thinking that it was just like a because it was streaming a low-fi thing. But this is the first time watching it on Blu-ray, and I still heard it. So I mean, oh, I guess there's some, some other technical issues here, hmm. like the kind of stuff that. I would normally expect to just be looped, like re-recorded, but maybe they stuck with what they had for whatever reason. But I'm—I was surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you guys didn't notice that. No, I mean, there was sometimes a disconnect between me feeling like what's coming out of their mouths and what was on their face or something, but I couldn't tell if that was just. No, well, that if anything, that would be a situation where I would assume that it would sound really good because they would have. Oh, sure, they, they looped it bad, yeah, yeah, or something, yeah. But this yeah. seems like. I don't know. There was just a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. noise around it. I just got to want to end on something positive. You know, as much as we bagged on these two episodes and we're kind of a little bit disheartened with um, Discovery at the moment, I am excited about the things that are coming out of Discovery. Obviously, you know, Pike and that, you know, we've kind of, we've touched on it a lot. So there are cool things that are coming out of here. So yeah. if you, you can... You know, you can see the bigger picture and the, bri- the brighter picture. Um, you know, obviously, we're, we're, we're going to keep talking about Discovery. I don't know where Discovery goes, you know, and that's, you know, we'll get more to that in season three. I don't know where this show is going to go or what purpose it kind of has. Um, kind of on that note, I'll say it's a lot harder to bag on an episode when it has has more, you know, Michelle Yeoh or Anson Mount. These mm-hmm, episodes mm-hmm. were light on those two. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Eh, anyway. Okay. Six degrees for the Red Angel. Adam. Yes. Sarah Mitch plays Lieutenant Nielsen. She takes Arium's station on the bridge. What character did Sarah Mitch play in Discovery's first season? What character did she play? Mm-hmm. A different character. Uh, oh, this is definitely a either you know it or you don't question. Yeah, I, I clearly don't. She played... Um, you remember who she is in this episode? She like walks over to what yeah. was Arium Station. Okay. Right. Yeah. She um yeah. She had about the same amount of screen time Arium had the whole the whole previous mm-hmm. uh, That's probably 15 right. yeah. episodes. I have no idea what she did in the first episode. I could say something stupid, but I'll, I'll just pass it. Steve, do you know who she played in? She's very familiar in some respect, but I'm not, it's not clicking with me. I'm sorry. Uh, in Discovery Season 1, she played Arium. Oh. Oh. Clever. Yeah. What's why, the point of that? Why, why they why, replace why? her and then bring her on? I, hmm. That's yeah. in, in season two. A, a different person plays Arium. Yeah, um, I've been interesting to hear them calling her about what she's going to do next. Like, hey, you know what? 
We just come on here with no makeup to. You look so good standing seat. in that one spot. We're going to put you back in that spot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we decided to fire you or not bring you back for this. Our fans but... were such big fans of Arium that <laughs> we thought, so, you so, know. So, so that's great. So my favorite scene with her in season one, that was actually her. So. Oh, that was her eating in the mess hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how out of touch the writers might be, right? They might be thinking that everybody gets it and like versus me that doesn't even remember that Arium was in the first season. They're, they're like, they're <laughs> yeah. like probably, probably saying like, you know, what would be really clever. Let's bring her back. To yeah. replace her, and the fans will just go nuts, and no, yeah. you know, like one person <laughs> out of <laughs> tens of thousands or whatever even notices. Oh God! All right, there was an Arium in the first season. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, well, they, they forced them to have to go back and watch the first season. That's what they're they're going at. All right, well, it only goes up from here, folks. I'm so sorry. I know nobody listens to our podcast for the negative comments; they want the positive ones, and I'm going to try harder next time. We have really a few positives. All right. All right. So thank you for spending an hour with us. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Trek Companion. Our Twitter handle is at Trek Companion. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. We're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Discovery's second season. Keep a stiff upper lip. (laughs) Take it easy. Bye, guys. See you. I passed it.